Hello, this is your POC podcast speaking. So hey everyone, welcome back to Your POC Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Lynn Lewis, who I've personally admired for a while. She's the epitome of being scrappy and learning on her feet, and I can't wait for y'all to hear more about her story. For some context, uh, Lynn and I have a mutual friend, so we've always been in each other's orbit, so to speak. Uh, So my name is Lynn. I am a wedding and elopement photographer serving mostly the Big Sur area, but before mostly Bay Area. Um, and I've been doing this for about five years now and a couple years of that doing it full time. So now it is my job every day. <laughs> Very exciting. And Lynn, you probably know this. I now follow you on social media. Maybe you've seen a few of my likes pop up here and there. Um, first of all, congratulations. You've got some really new, like exciting things happening with your business. Um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into in the, in the next um, few minutes. What I want to do first is really establish, you know, where you are now and versus where you came from. Um, so the first thing I'm really interested in is your background, because I, from what I understand, it hasn't always been in photography. Can you tell us a little bit about your transition um, and how you started out in counseling and psychology? Yeah, absolutely. So I never thought I would become a photographer, (laughs) first of all. It was never in the radar at all. Um, So I'd started doing photography in high school, but it was just a fun thing. So it was never something that I thought I would pursue. Um, So in college, I actually studied graphic design and psychology. Um, Graphic design was something I chose and something I loved and already did. Uh, psychology was because my parents were like, please do something else as well. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. To be fair, on a slightly side note, they actually wanted me to do like business economics, which I tried, hated, decided not to do that. Um, so I ended up loving psychology. You know, I took a few classes. I had taken them for, uh, I think it was general ed already. Ended up feeling like, well, this is so much more fun than economics. <laughs> um, and so I, I loved going to the classes. So that's what I ended up doing a double major in. And from there, I think it's it's a natural step to think, okay, well, how do you actually turn this into a career? Um, I was pursuing graphic design at the same time, but I was just kind of seeing what options were out there. Um, so eventually, I actually ended up getting a graduate degree in counseling because it felt like a practical step to apply psychology to. Um, And then I became a career counselor for about, I think, three years. And that was really the one, like, full-time career job I did after college um, and after graduate school. So I was doing that before doing photography, um, specifically doing career counseling for the College of Humanities and Arts, which kind of connects back onto the whole, like, you know, studying graphic design and loving, like, kind of the art and design field. Um, So that was where I was at before doing photography full-time. Very nice. I like that you you had some balance. You did something for yourself and then a major to satisfy mom and dad. Very nice. Um, really good Really good advice for anyone who's listening, um, especially for our undergrads. Can you, can you talk about your aha moment? What was it? I mean, you said you were doing counseling for quite some time. What was the, you know, the realization that made you think, you know what, I, I could actually just do photography and make that 
my career? Yeah. I started doing um, engagements and weddings after I got married. So it definitely was not in the picture at all until I got married and went through the process of like getting my photos taken and like kind of seeing what it was like to be in that like kind of industry. Um, and I realized that a lot of it was about connecting with couples. And that was the big thing that I found was that it's not just about the art. It's really about the connection, which relates, I guess, in a way back to counseling and psychology. Uh, but in a way, I felt that it was a little more natural for me of like, oh, well, you know, I, I, well, my husband and I had been dating for five years at that point when we got married. So relationships and like that kind of uh, connection was always something I was passionate about. It was actually something I'd done even in college. I had done like a, it was like a couples, not like a couples ministry, but like, um, I don't even know what you would call it. It was just kind of helping other people who are also in couples. Um, and so when I got to connect with these couples doing photography, it was kind of like a nice blend of both worlds. It was like in a way that counseling and psychology connected with what I already loved, which is like an art form um, and something that was very concrete as well. I think you can come up with photos and have a concrete um, thing to actually show to people. Um, so I think that was probably like that moment of like, knowing that photography, especially specifically weddings, um, was not just art for the sake of art. It was art for people and more importantly, art for couples um, and trying to capture those like romantic moments, genuine moments, you know, silly moments um, and telling a story through that, um, which was really what changed my mind about photographing people. Because before that, I was like, I'll never photograph people. I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to people. Like, I do like to talk to people, but just not in like a big group format. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was kind of the moment that really changed. From a more logical perspective, what was like the, like, what made you feel comfortable to pursue photography full time? Because I feel like going from a nine to five job and then suddenly going to like, you know, photography full, photography full time, like what was, what was that, that moment? Like, did you have like, I don't know, like savings to hold you over or did you just have enough customers? Like what, what was the what was the thing that made you comfortable to make that leap? Yeah, I mean, that's really one of the biggest questions that a lot of people have, right? It's like, how do you become full-time? Like, it's terrifying. Um, and and for me, too, I'm, I'm someone who likes to plan. I like having a backup option. I don't like taking risks. Um, and I, I think I'm a little, sometimes my personality is a little bit different than the, the traditional artist of like, no, I really want something very concrete. <laughs> and so for me, doing photography definitely started out as a side thing where like, I was like, well, if I do a few here and there, it's fun. It makes money. My husband was in grad school. I had extra time. Great. <laughs> um, but it really grew quickly in that like the first year I had like 10 weddings. The next year I had 24. After that, I had almost 40 weddings. And I believe that was the year I quit my job was the year I had 40 weddings. Um, so at that point, I was already booking basically more than a full time job's worth of weddings. Um, so it, it kind of was a more natural progression for me of like, I knew I was turning down work. I was already doing two jobs, essentially. Um, so it was a little easier for me in that sense to say like, yes, I can quit my job because I know that I have the bookings already. And because weddings book ahead of time, that kind of helps a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to be like, oh, I don't. Yes. You're like, well, I kind of know what my next 
texture looks like. I think I'll be okay. That helps a little bit. Uh, with that said, it was still definitely terrifying because I was like, well, what happens if I quit and I, you know, never want to go back to the workforce? Does that mean I have to do this forever? I'm like, mm. I don't know. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, you know, it, I, I knew I was already too busy and I couldn't handle both. And it was just natural to go the route where I'm like, well, I love what I do. I'm booked enough that I feel comfortable. So mm -hmm. it makes sense practically as well to actually do it full time. That's awesome. And I think that like having that comfort of knowing that, oh, I'm already pre-booked. Mm -hmm. You know that, you know, leaving your job, you know that there will be something there. Yes. Yeah. Of course the pandemic hit, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened. Speaking of conflict, can you share a little bit about maybe your biggest challenge mm -hmm. when you made the transition or even just as a photographer now I mean yeah. it's only been like five years mm -hmm. you know, what has been the biggest challenge for you as a new business owner entrepreneur um, and how have you overcome those challenges yeah I mean I like to say first of all one of the challenges is weather <laughs> oh, nice. weather man as a photographer you don't think about this you know you got to protect your equipment I know it's like oh I and the people yeah. oh yeah and, and the people of them too right I'm like if I had a superpower I want to control the weather okay first of all but <laughs> all joking aside um I think it, it always came down to uh, learning to communicate. I mean, communication is important in so many different things, but particularly for photography, like you're working with clients in this super important time of their lives. They're probably really stressed out. Um, so you're dealing with a lot. They're dealing with a lot. And specifically with COVID, I think everyone can probably say that was the most difficult year for everybody. Um, it was also balancing, like, how do you help clients through this difficult time while balancing your own needs as a business owner. Um, you know, there was no rule book. There was no like, oh, this is how you're supposed to. You have contracts, but now your contracts don't really address it. Um, so there was so much unknown and it was such a delicate line of how you communicate with them of, do you, you know, try to be like, oh, I'll do anything to help you figure this out. You know, I'll give you new dates. I'll help you reschedule multiple times. I'll refund. Um, or do you say, hey, I know you're going through a hard time, but we are as well as a business owner. Can we find a middle ground? Um, and so I do feel like with that, a lot of photographers got burnt out, right? Like there's the, you know, the, just the, obviously like the money aspect of like worrying about where their income is coming from, but the emotional aspect of the toll of like, you hear all these emails, you have calls and, and at the same time you're like, yes, but I also need to pay my bills. <laughs> um, so I'd say that's, that's number one, definitely the most difficult challenge was that communication piece that I had to really work through, like, you know, suffice to say, I did have clients that we had issues with of like, we didn't, you know, understand each other, they wanted something, I wanted something. Um, and even knowing how do you know what the balance is of sharing personal information, because you are a person too. And though usually the advice is be professional, right? Be professional and, um, you know, don't necessarily share your personal life or what you're going through. Um, I did have a few issues with clients where I was like, you know what? If I share, like, this is what I'm going through. These are the reasons why I have certain fees or certain policies. Um, I found that that actually changed so much what the conversation looked like. 
Um, so my, my default was usually to be professional, but I had to learn to, to see like, okay, well, there are certain situations where you just want to be like, Hey, I get it. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) I know, I know your life has got to go through a lot. I'm also going through a lot. Let's try to find a balance. Um, so I, I did learn a lot through that of, you know, I had a call where I literally broke down crying to my client who now is very, you know, now I love these people. They like, we're great friends. We follow each other on Facebook. They want to go on a doggy date, Uh, but it, it took going through a call where we were in tears and they were really upset at first. I was really upset, but we made it through that by being able to communicate, um, after a few emails that were not so good, (laughs) uh, but it was a process. It was definitely a process to learn that. And I definitely was not perfect in any way throughout a lot of these conversations as I was also figuring out along the way how to approach the situation. It sounds like you are still counseling, even though you are no longer a counselor, even as a photographer. It's it's funny how things come full circle. So true. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 again, you're coming back to that balance. I, I really like that word, and I really think that's a perfect description of your journey so far. This is really great, Lynn. I, I think, you know, what you're sharing about your journey and how you have evolved as a person, as a professional, um, is so inspiring. I really do want to talk about approach because you mentioned it before. Uh, Talk about your strategy and maybe even just the skills that you felt like you either needed to learn or needed to activate in order to make this business work and grow the way that it has. What have been those skills or maybe even that knowledge that you feel has been so critical? Yeah, I mean, definitely from the very beginning, I was absorbing a ton of information. Like I just wanted to learn. Um, a lot. And what I did was I, I joined these Facebook groups, which had so much education. Like it was, I don't know. I'm in like at least five or six groups. Uh, some of them have even phased out by <laughs> they've been old, so old. Uh, but there's these groups where like people just join and they ask questions and they talk about situations they're going through. Some of them are specific to like pricing. Some of it's marketing. Some of it's just critique on their art. Um, but that like you know information learning about that really was definitely one of the things that helped me so much from the very beginning like you know especially in a field like wedding photography where you're like well books not really helpful you know like videos i'm like sure you could learn some practice like some you know shooting skills um you know you could take some classes you could take business classes but honestly at the end of the day like getting to see what people in the field are doing right now and are thinking and what they're kind of going through was so essential to kind of making that business happen and and really getting a good jump start to like you know establishing my website establishing my brand building portfolio marketing and all of that um so i do think that from the very start of just learning a ton you know being able to absorb that information was super helpful um and the information was out there which was crazy like i just i would love going to Facebook groups and just searching like I have a topic I want to learn about more about search (laughs) there are so many threads already on it that I could just learn from Um, and skills I wish I had for sure though that has taken me much more longer time to learn I think has been a lot more of that networking piece of like getting to actually connect with other people in the field so I had an easy time learning of like I could read I could go through these threads I would honestly spend a lot of my free time like social media that was like work for me but it was fun (laughs) Uh, 
but when it came to actually like connecting with people and like creating a network and getting to know people in the field I definitely struggle with that a lot more you know I'm an introvert and when you're starting out I think it's super intimidating too it's like you don't want to bother people it's like these people have been doing it for a lot longer you're like I don't know <laughs> um and and so definitely now I I feel like I have grown so much more in that in that like you know I have a group that's specific for like Bay Area women photographers I now am growing like a, a group of friends here in like the Pacific Grove Monterey Big Sur area um, I know I love them they're so great <laughs> I actually had we had one of them for dinner yesterday we have two of them coming for dinner tomorrow um, but like even that like that's just this past year, you know, of actually getting to connect with people. Um, and I found that the connections, one, I think are great, of course, business-wise for referrals, right? We can't all take all the weddings. We're oftentimes unavailable. So business-wise, just even practically super helpful, right? Like I've referred tons of weddings to other photographers and they've referred weddings to me. And that's a great way to build your business because it's definitely through a, a trustworthy network. Um, but two, I found even more so now, especially... It's the support that they give you. Like, you have to remember, like, oh, I, you know, you don't really have coworkers. <laughs> and so you have no one to really, like, connect to and relate to on this very unique journey that you're on. Um, and, and so finding these other photographers who are like, you know, now I'm like, let's have dinner. Let's hang out. Uh, has been super helpful of like now I feel like I'm not in this alone and that if I needed something I could definitely call one of them up but just so that like honestly we can talk about a lot of the things that go on in our industry and we ask each other like oh what's your editing turnaround time or like oh like what do you mostly shoot like local now do you shoot Bay Area what's that like you know and and so all those things that now I've found through the support of other photographers, especially local ones, has been really helpful and I think also makes the job much more rewarding um, because then it's, it's not just you doing it on your own. It's like, you know, you're also in this network of other people where you can support each other and honestly just make friends, which is always a great plus too. <laughs> it's like you have a community. And, exactly. And, and just to confirm, did you meet all of these people through the Facebook groups or was this like some <laughs> other way that you magically found them? That is actually a really funny and interesting question because it's true that I've actually known a lot of photographers simply through Facebook and Instagram. So I have had photographers that I've only Instagram DM'd um, that have eventually become friends. Um, and a slight funny story, slightly off topic, is that we we travel a lot. So we I like to reach out to photographers and meet with them. Um, and one, this uh, husband-wife couple, they are in New Zealand. Um, I DM'd them. I've never met them. I did not know them at all. <laughs> and I was like, hey, we're photographers from California. We're coming to New Zealand. We'd love to hang out. Maybe, like, you know, do shoot. I, you know, we'd love to photograph you because I'm like, that's fun. Um, and they invited us to their home. So they actually invited us to stay over at their house. <laughs> and they cooked us dinner. <laughs> Oh my hosted gosh. us and we're like you don't even know us you know what you're living the dream but also <laughs> i'm like also scared at the same time because i'm just like right? how do you know these people aren't going to like you know fair gonna be an episode on crime junkie right? next month or something. <laughs> that, wow. that's fair I'm, I'm a little more trustworthy trusting uh, but honestly it's been great like they they came to california we had you know we had them for uh mac and cheese at homeroom you know i was like that's a california america thing right <laughs> um and they they actually photographed one of my couples when my couple had their wedding here but did their honeymoon in new zealand and we're like no way like you know them too and and so all of these connections have been really cool to make of like now we have people all over that we know 
and that we still like chat with every once in a while. Um, but really it's, it's just through social media, like that there's no other connection there. Like we don't know each other personally. We don't, we haven't gone to like the same schools. We haven't met in a workshop. That's it. It's just Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) This is so awesome. And I, I, I love learning more about you because I think like before I kind of knew you, from, you know, from Christine, our mutual friend, but now I feel like I'm learning so much more about you, about like at a personal level. Um, I'm going to shift gears a bit and we're going to kind of shift over to like the business and your business approach, like specifically different areas of your business. So the first part I want to ask you about is like marketing. Like, do you pay for marketing? Do you manage it yourself? And if you do or don't, then like, what do you use? How do you do it? Tell us a bit about like your process. Yeah. So when I first started out, I was like posting on Craigslist, which is apparently sketchy now. <laughs> it's always um, been sketchy. <laughs> fair. I'm like, I don't know if people use Craigslist anymore. Um, so like the very beginning, it was just like, you know, you post everywhere. You know, I think I had a Yelp page, which I think technically still exists. Um, you know, you post on like the Knot or whatever. Like those are your traditional like places where you market. Uh, Facebook groups, that was another one. People sending referrals. Um, but definitely over time that has changed quite a bit. Um, I've never actually spent any money on marketing. So I know a lot of people do. I never have. Um, I know a lot of people will pay for like Instagram ads, Facebook ads, you know, Google even, um, which not saying like those are bad. You can totally do that. And I think they can be really effective, but I've just never gotten around to it. And I guess to be fair, I never had um, too much of a need, so I never bothered. A good problem. Um, yeah, I'm like, that's fair. Um, so most of my marketing now is, you know, I do post on Instagram, as you know. You know, Instagram's kind of like the one thing I try to keep up, which is nice because then I get to share, like, new photos and stuff, and that's always fun. Um, and then the other big one that has been really working well for me is, like, Google. So for SEO, which is search engine optimization. That has been probably the number one thing that's helped me specifically through this past few years to really grow my business. Um, And so one thing that I did was really hone in on the planning aspect um, that I really loved. Um, And I found that not as many photographers really necessarily enjoy the planning aspect. Um, which is fair because it can be a lot of work. (laughs) Uh, But I'm more of a natural planner. I love to plan. So I started helping couples with like locations, permits, uh, timeline, vendors. So I started kind of taking on that planner role a lot more specifically for these smaller elopements and intimate weddings, not for large weddings because that's probably more than I can handle. Um, And those resources just weren't out there. So I saw that there was a need um, and I started writing these blog posts on them. Um, And so ever since then, it's really helped a lot in getting inquiries because if you Google like Big Sur elopement, San Francisco elopement, you know, San Francisco City Hall elopement, you'll probably find my website. Um, And I didn't like do anything specific really to like, I didn't pay for it to be boosted or anything, but I just tried to make it helpful. I just wanted to put in some information that wasn't out there that I was organizing for myself to help my couples um, in a way that people could then understand and be like, oh, now I don't have to search through 10 different pages (laughs) to find this information because it's super confusing. I can just read this blog post and learn a lot uh, from it. So that has been probably the number one marketing tool for me is now I would say the majority of my couples come from Google. Um, And then outside of that, you know, I'll definitely get referrals now that I've been doing it long you know definitely referrals from other couples or other photographers and then every once in a while you get some other random ones like you know sometimes they find me on like social media for sure instagram um i'm like trying to think what else 
just some random places sometimes, but definitely mostly Google, Instagram. That's what works for me. <laughs> One thing I will say is that um, what I really like about about your marketing strategy specifically on Instagram is that I, I don't think you do this on purpose, but what I've noticed is that you like to paint a story. Like you not only let the product show, you know, show for itself, but you also paint a story about like, oh, here's, you know, M plus J and here's their story. And I really like that because it shows that not only do you take good photos, but you also know these people well enough that you're able to tell their story in a way that's like so personable and it, it just shows like who you are as a photographer, both in your work, but also as a person. And I think that works really well from a marketing perspective. Yeah. I mean, definitely one of the first things I ask them when I talk to them is usually like, how did you meet? You know, maybe what are some important moments that you guys have gone through? You know, how did you propose? Oh, yeah, all <laughs> uh, the important stuff. The fun stuff, right? And and sometimes, of course, you know, sometimes it doesn't too much affect like what, how you actually approach it or, or what you do when you actually work with them. But then other times I think it can make a huge difference. Like, of course, you're not going to be best friends with every couple you work with. You know, sometimes you're just like, yeah, that was great. We worked together. Awesome. Um, and then other ones, like, you know, we've had couples that we've had dinner with before, both before and after we worked with them. Um, and so I think that that definitely has helped of, again, creating that personal connection with them. Uh, that's been really great and a very rewarding part of the process. And, and I think it all, honestly, it all kind of comes back of like, of course, it helps to build the business too, not just like, cause it's fun and it's awesome, but also it does help with marketing too. So <laughs> To get onto a more touchy subject, so in terms of like pricing, like how do you price? What is your strategy around that? And also, like, have you thought about doing like surge pricing if you haven't already done it before? And for those of you who don't know what surge pricing is, is it's pretty much adjusting your pricing based on supply and demand. So, for example, if you have more weddings in fall, like Lynn does, then she may increase her prices in fall and then decrease it in other parts of the year to manage out the supply. Yeah, pricing is always one of those things that is tricky to kind of figure out. Um, you know, I started to learn a lot about this in these Facebook groups. Of course, pricing is one thing people always ask about, right? And I feel like the 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 general advice is almost always figure out your CODB, which is your cost of doing business. So it's basically saying like, okay, what are your expenses? How much do your equipment cost? Your website hosting, blah, blah, blah. And what salary do you want to make? Like if you want to make 60K, so this is how much I need a price if I do 30 weddings a year. Um, and, and while I think that's very, very valid, I always found it was really difficult because when I was doing it as a side job, I was like, well, I don't have a salary goal, right? I'm like, it's good money. I'm like, sure, you know, it, whether I make 30K, 60K, 100K, I'm like, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> uh, and so I, especially starting out, I felt like that didn't really help me that cost of doing business. Um, but what I mostly did was really researching, like, what is like the market price essentially, right? What are the costs that people already kind of are expecting based on other local photographers in the area and specifically local because it will range so much, you know, from state to states, even like within areas, you know, specifically, of course, Bay Area. Um, and so I definitely did a lot of research on that end um, of just saying like, okay, what is the general market price for what wedding photography goes for? And I kind of went from there. 
Um, and then basically, as most photographers do, you increase your prices over time. As you get more experience, you know, you build more portfolio. Um, and so I think you mentioned surge pricing. So what I do is generally I do increase prices <clears throat> every year. I increase them randomly as well. <laughs> uh, and, and it's really just like if I'm like, oh, I'm getting too many inquiries. I know I can't take them all, but I do really want to work with them because they're really great but I can't take them all, so I'm gonna increase my pricing. <laughs> and so that's usually what happens when my pricing increases. It's usually when I, I know I've just gotten way too many inquiries that I can't take on. And so that way I know that one, you'll get a natural fall off of people who are like, okay, it's out of my budget. I'm like, I get it. Um, and two, when you do have people who do book, then you feel like, okay, well, it's worth it because you know that you have you know, a smaller number of clients that you can now focus all your attention on versus trying to split your attention between more clients, which will then eventually burn you out. Um, so I do increase prices based on that like demand, but I don't decrease them. <laughs> So, so I've never dropped my prices. Um, and especially now that I'm doing more elopements and that's kind of what I'm focusing on, I do have a lot of people who inquire year-round now. So I work a lot more in off-season than I used to, um, even though it's, it's definitely less than peak season, but it's not nothing. So it's enough that it's, it's like I'm like, honestly, I'd rather just keep it consistent. And I also think that helps when you're trying to communicate to clients as well, because you will get a lot of clients who inquire and not respond for months and come back and be like, hey, I'm ready now, <laughs> right? Or like, oh, hey, I changed my mind. Now I have 10 guests instead of 25, or now I want a fall wedding instead of a spring wedding. Um, and so because that changes so much, you know, people are always changing their plans. It definitely helps, I think, just to have something very consistent uh, so that if they do come back months later and you were like, oh, I didn't even remember that you guys wanted to book, um, they have access to a pricing guide that's like generally still pretty accurate. So you don't have to be like, mm, just kidding, my prices have increased. That's not the correct number. And then it's like kind of a weird place to be. Um, and also for that reason, I, I actually use, um, I have a website that I specifically put current pricing on, not a PDF, because that way when I update it, it's already there, so I don't have to be like, oh, here's my new pricing guide. It's just already there. And I don't honestly know whether clients, like, notice the difference or if they're just like, yeah, you know, of course, prices increase. That's natural inflation, you know, more experience. But that's generally worked for me. And even though there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I don't know if they've checked <laughs> recently. <laughs> and let me remind them <laughs> to check the guide and then let me know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, pricing is really tough. And I think especially like in for weddings, it's like, I, I think it's interesting that you increase your, your prices when you feel like you're getting overloaded to like kind of like weed folks out. Um, that's definitely one strategy. The one reason why I asked was because I, re I remember in a previous conversation, um, you had talked about work-life balance. And one way I, I was thinking after the conversation was that one way you can manage it is through like pricing, right? Where you could like, when you're more busy, increase it. And when you're like, you know, when you want to take vacation, you can increase the prices as well. Um, but to kind of go some to another direction of the business. So in terms of like costs, like what are your biggest costs outside of equipment, which I think isn't obvious because cameras are very expensive. Um, and then also transportation because you need transportation to go places. Like what other costs do you like accrue that, you know, people may not know about that they should consider when starting their own business, especially if it's in photography? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a lot of the business part of it, right, that you probably have to pay for. So there's like web hosting, domain hosting, um, there is taxes, there's lots of taxes, <laughs> probably hiring someone to do said taxes. Um, but overall, actually, I, I do think my expenses tend to be on the much lower side compared to most photographers. I think in the very beginning, I did do a lot of it myself. Um, so like I would do an Excel sheet and, you know, manage my expenses and my income. Yep. And then my accountant's like, do you use QuickBooks? I'm like, no. And they're like, you should use QuickBooks. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Wait, do you now? Or do I you- still don't. <laughs> we'll see what my accountant says, though. She may, Wait, she may be like. do you still use Excel? I do. <laughs> Got it. But I also don't have that many expenses. So that's why I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's easy. Um, maybe. We'll see, though. <laughs> uh, so I, a lot of that, I, 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 I'm very much like, I'll just do it myself. It's not that difficult for me of like, because I'm much more organized and, and I can generally Google enough things to figure out what I need to do that I didn't have too many costs, especially starting out. Um, one of the bigger things I did in the past year was getting a CRM system, a customer, is that customer relationship management system? Like Salesforce, I think is a big one. Um, and so I used Dubsado, um, which specifically helps me to organize leads, helps me to send questionnaires, manages invoices, automatically sends them reminders when things need to be paid or when questionnaires need to be sent. Um, and so that has been probably the hugest like lifesaver to me that I was super hesitant on for a long time. But then I realized I was spending too much time putting reminders into my calendar saying, please remind them to pay. Please remember to send this questionnaire. <laughs> you know, please pay through this method, which is not the most straightforward method of paying. <laughs> um, sign this contract on a PDF. You can use Adobe Acrobat. If you don't have that, please use this other method. (laughs) Um, So overall, like that has been a huge lifesaver. Like that's a a new cost that I started incurring. Um, and, And that system has been great. I don't think I have too many other systems at the moment. Like I haven't outsourced or anything. I think that can be a pretty big cost when people outsource. Um, I don't have like any like employee. I kind of have one employee, my husband. (laughs) I don't have any outside employees, but I do know sometimes people start hiring like an admin or even someone to do your marketing and Instagram. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. But you're growing. It sounds like that maybe down the line you're going to need, because I mean, if you have a CRM that I think already speaks like leaps and bounds of like how big your business has become. And for you to still manage in Excel, all I gotta say is I hope that you have a very secure internet <laughs> and your computer and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. Auto, auto save is definitely on. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on was that earlier you had said that oh, like you one of your biggest concerns was you know am I gonna do this for the rest of my life, right? So I guess like are there any other career paths you've considered like for the future outside of photography? Um, is retirement a career path? I wish. I wish. If it was, I I would I'd be in the same boat. Traveling, does that count? <laughs> um honestly I, I can't see myself doing anything else because this has been such like a 
such a big difference from working a regular job. I mean, like, I kind of knew, I was like, the moment you leave the office job, you don't want to go back to the office job, right? <laughs> um, and of course, it's, it's gone well enough, which I'm very thankful for, that I feel like it definitely could be very, you know, a very good career for many years. But I do definitely have concerns of, like, will I be able to hike these routes when I'm, like older you know do I want to run around for six hours on my feet for you know I don't know uh, I think early retirement is the goal <laughs> You'd be well, and then I'll let my husband work a regular job and he can he can do his thing um so we'll we'll see but yeah I don't honestly see myself doing anything else and it's just hard because I, I don't think I'd want to have to go back to a regular job after doing this. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check back in with you on that. Um, to kind of close out, what would you say to our listeners who are trying to do something new? Like what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, definitely learning as much as you can, I think is really great. It's like find the resources that are going to be helpful to you. Find the communities that are out there. Because I'm, I'm honestly, for every industry, I'm sure there is some kind of community. Uh, I think if you can find people that you can talk to, people that you can learn from, that will be hugely helpful. I know like even some wedding photographers offer like mentorships where you can really kind of get into the problems that you're facing, the things you want to work on. Um, and I think, you know, that can be really helpful. Um, so definitely learning from others is probably the number one thing of like just absorbing that information and, and wanting to learn as much as you can about what you want to do and how you want to do it. Um, I think networking, I think I mentioned this before, of just getting, and that's kind of similar to the last point too, of like getting to know people and building that network, not only business wise, but just for the support of knowing like there are other people going through similar issues and that you can talk to about these things. Um, and, and so definitely I think those two things are probably the biggest things that I took away from these past five years. Um, and then personally, as you start to grow your business, I think that work-life balance is probably the biggest problem we all have. <laughs> um, you know, especially as a wedding photographer, you know, at first it was like, okay, well now it's all, all weekends. You have no weekends. Um, that's a struggle. Now I've been moving more toward weekdays, which has been really nice. And I've moved towards more local work, which has also been really nice. Um, so it's been finding that balance of like, well, how do you run a business that you love and do what you love and get paid to do what you love while still realizing that you also need to do things for yourself as well. Like you need to have a life <laughs> and you need to build that balance in order to truly, honestly, be a better business person and a better person in general. Um, and so I think that's a, a big challenge for a lot of people and for me as well, because when you get to do something you love and when you get paid to do it, it's very hard to say no. It, every, every photographer is like, oh, I just I just don't want to say no to this client. I just, you know, I just don't want to say no to this wedding. Um, and it's, it's hard to say no to that when you feel like you're really lucky to be in that place where people do want to hire you, but at the same time, it can spiral very quickly. Uh, last year I, I shot 83 weddings and elopements. <laughs> Normally you would shoot like 20 to 30. That's like when I'm on the Facebook group and people are like, how many weddings do you want to shoot? People are like 20 to 30 is, is about my goal. And this was during COVID too, right? And this was, yeah, last 2021. That was last year. This year I have you about take 40. Care of I know. And I said, this year I'm going to take on less. And right now I'm at 47. <laughs> <laughs> but they are more local. And a lot of them are elopements, which I love. 
So I am making some steps, but I cannot promise that by the end of the year it won't be 80 again. It's only February, Lynn. I know, it's only February. Uh, working on it, working on it. Yeah, you do what you can, and you know, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. I just want to close this out and say thank you so much, Lynn, for joining us on our podcast. It has been such a pleasure to have you and just listen to your story, both like on a personal level and also from a very technical business perspective. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely to be on here. And for our listeners, if you are interested, which we hope you are, which we know you are, please follow Lynn on Instagram at Lynn Lewis Photography. That's L-Y-N-N-L-E-W-I-S, Lynn Lewis Photography. Thanks for listening to Your POC Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Your POC Podcast or email us at yourpocpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.